Listen. The winter is making shapes down on that river. And it's colder again now in the house on Buxton Hill. I fell into a heavy sleep in the afternoon. And I'm trying to come out of it still. Bit sort of drooly and discombobulated. People are at their walks now. That kind of hour. With their dogs and all the rest of it. All very chatty and all very taken with themselves. But not in a way that's a bother to me. Or not unreasonably so. My high windows, I'm very pleased about them still. Laid out now. Before them. Like a lord. The old body thrown down in front of me. Sometimes you'd examine yourself as if you were another. The spindle legs. The pigeon chest. The gentleman's parts. That are still a source of foolish pride to me. The odd morning. I went over the back wall Monday night and robbed a bag of coal. I nearly caused permanent damage to myself hefting it back again. (laughs) It was the mischief of the escapade. Heated me as much as the coal. In dull embers now. In the grate of the old fireplace. That's much too grand, really, for this house. In its present incarnation. All in flats. A waft of rent allowance that would stall a horse and there are dotty people everywhere on this hill. The boy above me. Hardly a boy. He's fifties. Lank, blonde hair with a vaguely neuromantic type fringe that I find unnervingly flicky. Birdy little face on him, all beaked and full of surprise. The accent is very ripe, very English, very fine. Oh, good morning, good morning. I think I'll nip down the hill, actually, for a croissant, some coffee. Good man yourself. Nip away. Not the greatest pair of lungs on him, I'd say. Fairly wheezy when he arrives back up with the oily little bag of croissant. And the way that he says the word, with French intonation dropping the tea, sometimes it makes me smile and other times it makes me want to poke him through the wall. But he pads about very gently. I'd have to say that. At all angles of the clock. On his unknowable business. The look of a gent who might take a drink in the evenings, says Padre Pio. But the bag certainly would be clinkety-clinking off to the bins. He talks on the phone in the hall Wednesdays and Sundays, eight o'clock, very loudly and pronounced, as though talking to an old dear, a mother someplace, I suppose in England. There is no apparent logic to the way people wind up on Buxton Hill. 
It's something I've thought about and tried to puzzle out. Oh. <clears throat> that knee. That knee isn't right since I threw myself into Mother's grave. I went to a nightclub, of all places. Tuesday, Oliver Plunkett Street. And I tried to chat up some women there. Disaster. Well, not a disaster. I mean, I wasn't arrested or laughed out of the place. And there were some encouraging glances, I half believed, for a while. Not pity, really. There was one girl. Woman. I told her she had lovely hands. She said that was an excellent try. She did have very elegant hands. I might have stared at them a beat too long. And the way she said, excellent, left me short of breath. And I pictured her playing a piano in the mornings and a flowing blouse. And there's me strolling across the floorboards to her barefoot with a pot of herbal tea a chocolate coloured Labrador all that kind of thing there was something of the nurse about her too very clean and kind I'd say though not to the extent she was going to parade back up to Sunday's Well Road with me a nurse would be ideal in a myriad of ways your nose and throat. I'll put on an egg, I suppose. Night. The old fella is super. He's flying around the place on the bike again. There have been no more incidents since. He seems to be keeping all that very well tamped down. Since. An egg. Even two. We'll go mad. Jason! <laughs> what are you doing, Jason? Ructions across the hall. Jason? Your woman is giving out to the small fella again. Now he doesn't be right, in my opinion. The eyes on the child are a bit... off. As if they belonged to someone else at one time. It's nothing to do with me. I only mind really when Freckles comes into the picture. Freckles is the dog and apparently pisses or shits the place in the middle of the night. Freckles! She'd be roaring. Freckles! And me lying there, across the hall, trying to think about my poems. Or a play, apparently, is what I'm supposed to be writing now. They'll all be waiting on that. I... I think she gave me a look. One night. Out by the meters. I think she'd been out. She was kind of done up. Which wouldn't be the norm. Says Omar Sharif. But there was a look. I'm sure of it. This kind of... How, yeah? 
course, the girl was probably half trolleyed on tablets. And wouldn't it make a lovely family picture? Herself, myself, the small fella, and freckles. Wouldn't that make a fine Christmas? State pathologist summoned to a house on Sunday's Well Road, Cork City. Nearly as well off out of all that. Talking of eyes. I've decided against the eye patch. I felt like I was over-egging the look. With the eye patch. I'm not saying that I won't, on special occasions, give the patch an old airing. Though what those occasions might be, I have no earthly idea. But as an ongoing proposition, no. I mean, that eye is lifeless since I was a child, and to be only lately covering it up at 39 years of age. I mean, it's not unpleasantly guzzy to look at. Just a bit pale, a bit watery looking, as if I have a leak out the brain. But there's worse off, I suppose. Doesn't our friend, Tom Watts-his-face out of Radiohead, same eye, do lally on him, the left. So there's hope for us all. Tom must be making any amount of money. I'm not unhappy. I felt the eye patch was too much. It was too Mr. Mysterious, you know. I'm not unhappy, says he. The tears streaming down my face on Grand Parade yesterday evening. What it was, I was after a showing at the capital of Romeo and Juliet in the new Leonardo DiCaprio version, and I found it very affecting. To an extent, that was possibly a bit extreme. So I said the best thing was, what few pounds I had, I'd spend them on myself, and I'd try to make myself feel better. Out with me, the western road, into Reedy's wine vault, baked salmon put up in front of me like a prince, a glass of cold white wine. Nice few pints of Beamish after it. I might have cried a small bit again on the way home by the mercy. In and out of it then all day today. Is it like it comes in waves? Dr. Sheila McCarthy asked me. I said that seems to me like quite a prosaic way to describe it actually. But we're not great with each other, generally. As of late, the last time I was in, Dr. Sheila McCarthy took one look at me and said, Ambulance. I turned on my heel and walked out the door. I wouldn't be listening to that at all. Is that Tuberty in? That can't be. No. I've had no more word from Mr. Gubbins. The landlord. He's odd with me yet since the summer. All I did was open up a view for the place. An aspect I gave the place. Out of plain old-fashioned neighbourliness, I took down those hedges. Those hedges were a protection, he says. 
all flustering. Those hedges were a windbreak against what's coming up from that river. They were full of rats, I says. And evil feeling while we're at it, I didn't say. Not willing to forfeit for no good reason an explanation of the way dark humours can settle into our domestic vegetation, you know. I'm not saying I shouldn't have told Mr. Gubbins before I rented the chainsaw. But I was only clearing a view for the place. And I mean, look at us now. It's as if the heavens are opening out before us. All the way to the cricket grounds. Across the park. And the rooftops. The old mental. It's gorgeous, really. From up here. Never finer than on the winter mornings. We'll be going into very shortly now. Clear, bright and brisk. Breathe it into yourself. From the armchair. Panned out. Cup of tea. A small fire in the grate. The weak sun in your face. High windows. Royal then. Or at least the odd morning. Five minutes on the button I find is ideal for the egg. Five minutes and it retains an unctuous character if it's unctuousness you're after. Brown bread, cut from the loaf, scald the teapot, and yes, <laughs> womanly, I know, the sense of it, and the movement around these tidy rooms, but necessarily so, in men who live alone who live without women, despite their very best efforts in the night spots of Oliver Plunkett Street. Necessary compensation in gesture and tone kind of thing. Night. Oh, there's giving out again. Over. Our woman. And the small fella. Yeah, she had him young, I'd say. She's only about 25. Hard to be landed with an odd little fella. He doesn't do much after school. No friends that call. He just kind of goms around the place in the hall outside. Sitting on the stairs. Little face on. And there are shades... I'm sure of it, that pass up and down that stair. And they're from not that long ago, I'd say. Maybe like early 60s. But no interest in freckles, really, the small fella, or in dogs generally. I tried to show him pictures of dogs. <sighs> I sound like my father. Even the groans get passed down to us. <laughs> Our friend above, shuffling, aiming for the sideboard, clinkety-clink. Very ripe, very well-schooled, the accent. But lovely, we'd have a word out by the meters about nothing. Night. <laughs> 
the comical thing is it took me so long to realise that what I was doing in effect was building a nest up here. I found that I was increasingly drawn to skins and furs. I was seeing them everywhere. I bought a very fine, very heavy sheepskin rug, undyed from a butcher on the North Main Street. He'd clearly have an inn with sheep people. Have a farm himself, for all I know. They often would do butchers. He could have a place up outside Buttevant or something. Up in the hills. Lovely. Lambs. With little faces. Soft rain. In on the headphones. But the rug was fabulous. It, it took me an age to cut it up. On the floor... <laughs> with the kitchen knife I, I glued all the bits then as this kind of frame around the high windows and I mean the furs furs are not so hard to track down as you'd imagine in Cork City the charity shops I have fox fur badger mink some kind of stoty little fella all very nicely trimmed and dressed and arranged now around the windows was just an idle thought I had one day. But I'm delighted with the way it's worked out. And the sense of it now, it's, it's genuinely one of nesting up here on Buxton Hill, as known as Sweet Irie, above the river and above its valley. Mr Gubbins, the landlord, not gone on it, of course. Are you making an ossuary? He says to me. I'm making myself comfortable, I says. I'm blocking drafts. Those windows are shot. A man could turn around in this place and get a cold in his kidneys. If you want to talk about repairing or replacing those windows, we can look again at the situation with the skins and furs. That put manners on him. The ossuary. There's one now for my play. The ossuary by... Marvellous innovation. Advances the entire form. Sensation of three continents. Oh! Front door in. Boot steps. Sense of... Angry gonads. Don't move, don't breathe. That is all the sounds of tuberty. I thought he was gone for good. Second of October since tuberty's been seen on the premises. I have four bales of briquettes gone from his back kitchen. The evidence is long destroyed, but he'll have his suspicions. And he has a brother in Cork jail for murder. I'm not saying that kind of thing runs in families. I mean, runs in families is not an area any of us around this place want to get involved in. I could go to my father's house. But there's more dicey. Don't breathe. Keep it dark. 
night. I'm not saying Tuberty is the devil, but I would understand him to be on terms with the devil. On a kind of consultancy basis. I'm not saying for one minute I didn't deserve the beating. There is a thing even in a house like this as privacy. But am I supposed to lie there? On my tormented nights and ignore the maniacal screeching Four in the morning, women being dragged through that hallway by the hair of their heads. And some of these, it has to be said, are women who have shown up more than once. For the love of Tuberty. At least as far as I could make out from the crawl space. Discovery of which led to the head being tumped off me by Tuberty. I'd nearly go out to him. Except I don't have any of that. Courage. Into the night of it all again. I don't know if this place has the winter in it for me. The rancour and dispute in this house on Buxton Hill at all hours. As the light thickens, as our friend said, as Crow make it wing toward the rocky wood, with Tuberty screeching at his women, and Freckles gone ape shit, and your woman roaring, the small fella gomming away out on the stairs, and the shades passing this way and hither, clinky shuffling around with his flicky little fringe and his birdy little head, and gubbins in and out, a big blood pressure face on him. And me, lying there, trembling, thinking over and again, just the one thought repeating. This is no kind of peace for a young man. What I'd like very much is a small house of my own. It would be up at a height, like this one with some kind of an aspect. I probably couldn't hope for the high windows again. But just a place where I could go and close out the door on the world and deadbolt it. A place as silent as a lung, with no distractions. And if it was above the city, I could sit there every evening and see the palm of the city fill up with its lights. And the year will turn on its slow wheel and bring us back to the springtime again. And then, again, the city will be made of birds and light. <laughs>